You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. We are well into summer. Well, summer hasn't officially started yet, but I feel like summer's here. I feel like everyone's outside. It's just like new energy, which I love. I hope you guys loved the last episode where I talked to beauty editors about their tips for hot girl summer. I've definitely taken a lot of those tips to heart and have integrated some of those things into my routine. Today's episode is with Rocky Barnes. She was a model. She was in music videos, most famously Justin Bieber's music video for Baby. We talked about that in the podcast. And now she started her own line called The Bright Side. I had so much fun chatting with her and hearing about her approach to beauty and what it was like for her modeling and growing up and kind of building her community. Thank you all so much for listening. Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. That is the community for the show. And I hope everyone is doing well and enjoying this nice warm weather that we're experiencing. All right, let's get into the episode. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am joined by Rocky Barnes today. Rocky, welcome to Naked Beauty. Hi, Brooke. Thanks so much for having me. I love the name Rocky. Is this your real name? (laughs) So I get this question a lot. My given name is Rachel, but Rachel and Raquel have like a very common nickname for Rocky. And so my mom's been calling me Rocky since I was a baby. And when Instagram started, like every variation of Rachel Barnes was taken. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to do Rocky. Like my mom always called me Rocky and Rocky Barnes ended up being available and it stuck. And now, you know, it was a kind of fortunate 
Instagram issue that turned out for the best. It's it's definitely a little more recognizable. There's no other like models named Rocky. So it's stock. People really like it. My mom's very, very proud. I love it. So I want to hear from you kind of what your relationship was to beauty growing up. And where where did you grow up, Rocky? So I grew up in Manhattan Beach, which is um, a little beach town. It's technically called the South Bay. It's just south of Los Angeles. I grew up in like a 700 square foot beach shack, like <laughs> literal beach shack, like a few blocks from the beach. So, but it was interesting growing up there. I'm half Filipino and my mom's full Filipino. My dad is German English. My mom was actually a hair and makeup artist my whole life. Oh, wow. Yeah. She wanted to be a flight attendant and travel. And then she got turned down because she's only five feet tall and she couldn't reach the overhead compartments. (laughs) (laughs) So she ended up going to beauty school. And so she was doing hair and makeup for TV shows in Hollywood and worked out of a salon in Manhattan Beach. So I kind of like spent my whole life in salons or in green rooms at TV shows. And ironically enough, my mom being a hair and makeup artist, I was never allowed to wear makeup until like junior year in high school. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Which was hard. So growing up as a little girl, were people like, oh my gosh, you're gorgeous. You should model. Like, did you hear as like a young person that you were beautiful? I modeled when I was like a baby. And then I didn't start modeling again until after college. And I would say growing up in Manhattan Beach, is like a predominantly white community. So there was one other... Filipino girl in my friend circle. And she actually was like half Filipino and half German as well. And they all just called us Hawaiian (laughs) because there was no, they like just, I don't know. It was, this was however I'm 35 now. So this was like, what, 20 something years ago. They just called us Hawaiian and that we were sisters. And we kind of just didn't really know how to explain to them what we were and kind of just went along with it. And um, so it was interesting. It was definitely interesting growing up in that. It, I think, you know, people always said you were like exotic was kind of what I always got. Right. Which is, it's, it's an ignorant comment, you know, like you grow up and you realize it's ignorant, but at the time you don't really know how to respond to it. Yeah. And the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, I got that question a lot being mixed, especially at my age. I think obviously now it's so much more common to see mixed babies and, and girls. And, but, you know, I think at the time growing up where I grew up, it was definitely a little different. And I don't know, I, I kind of go back and forth. A lot of times I feel like it kind of gave me an edge. I think that I like stood out being mixed in a white community in a good way. But then also it was kind of like, you're just like the token, the token Asian exotic girl at school. So it was definitely like a weird way to kind of have an identity as well. Cause also being mixed, it's like, I'm not really like Asian enough, but then I'm not really white enough either. And so I'm kind of like stuck in this middle area. You don't necessarily relate to either side a hundred percent, which is tough. Definitely. And I'm sure you also didn't see women who looked like you in media, right? Oh, no, not at all. It's so funny. I I just actually got a Barbie doll in the mail from um, one of the PR companies I work with. And they sent over like the different options of Barbies that you could choose from. And there were like six or seven different ethnicities. Like, And I got to choose which one I wanted. And I, just, I remember back in the day, I just... There was no other option but like the white brunette girl. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So how did you get into modeling? 
modeling was kind of a fluke for me. I went to college and have a bit a degree in business marketing. And my girlfriend at the time was working for uh, a swim line. And it, this was back when ASR, action sport retail was happening in San Diego and they needed a fit model. And she was like, oh, you look great in a, in a swimsuit. Would you mind being our fit model? We'll pay you like $300 a day. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm in, let's go. And it was like a whole weekend. And I, it was like more money than I, I was waitressing in college at the time. I was like, this is great. I just get to wear a bikini and get paid $300 for the day. This is amazing. And ended up getting scouted by my mother agency at ASR. She was kind of Monica Vaselli uh, from No Tie. She ended up, she was out scouting and scouted me. My mom always warned me about modeling agencies, I think, because she was in the industry and was like, make sure it's not a scam, make sure they're not trying to take your money. And so I kind of went into it a little hesitantly and then um, ended up after like a year kind of doing some fun stuff. And then it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. It's interesting that you entered the industry a little bit older because I I grew up here in New York City and I modeled with Ford when I was like 13 years old. And I can remember going to castings after school and like putting on a bikini and having these like weird people like judge you on the OC. <laughs> and I think like now I look back and I'm like, was that like the healthiest thing for me to be doing as like a teenager? Do you feel like doing it once you had already kind of come into your own was better? I think it scares me that girls kind of enter into the modeling world that young because even, you know, I got scouted at 21 and I didn't really start going to castings or do anything until about 22, which, you know, in modeling is like ancient. Like that gave me like a three, maximum three year career. And I definitely still dealt with the pressures of it. Like that's kind of how I segued into working with Instagram and nothing against my agents. I was with Ford actually. They were my first major agency I signed with in LA. Nothing against the agencies. This is just kind of the the modeling norm. But you know, I'm only five seven. So and I'm definitely have like a more athletic build and I'm Filipino. So I'm tan. And I remember them always telling me, you know, you need to like not work out so much. You're too muscular. You stay out of the sun. You're too tan. They're always trying to conform you to be the skinny, tall white girl. And I'm like, it was frustrating. I'm like, I remember like cutting out carbs and going on all these diets and doing all this stuff. And I eat what I want now in moderation and I weigh the exact same. (laughs) So it's like, it just shows like when you obsess over this stuff, it's just so unhealthy and, and having a healthy relationship with food is so much more powerful than having a strict, like disciplined diet. I feel like the stress of that is just as harmful as being unhealthy with your diet. So absolutely. I think the other thing is that people probably look at you and they think, okay, she's gorgeous. She's a model. She's got, you know, everything, you know, she's got 2 million followers on Instagram. They probably don't think that you deal with insecurities or that you ever like second guess yourself or your looks. Because I think, yeah, people just think, okay, she's perfect. She's got it all. What could she ever have to be upset about? You know, everyone has their things and everyone has their days where they feel good and days where they feel bad. Like I remember coming home from shooting, you know, at my agency, getting Polaroids done and then telling me like, you have to lose an inch on your hips and and cheer and coming home crying. And, you know, it's crazy because you're a model and you're, you know, there's always something that, and especially at shoots, like people would talk about you, like you weren't even there or like you weren't there, like as if you couldn't hear what they were saying, like you're standing there trying on clothes and they're like, 
I think that makes your legs look a little fat. Maybe we should change it. And I'm like, uh, okay, you just stand there and take it. And it's like the way people treated models. And I'm sure, and I wasn't even in New York. I'm sure you had an even crazier situation being in New York. It was just kind of this, I don't know. There's very callous way that they dealt with models. It's definitely more glamorous than everyone thinks. I think it gives you more insecurities and it gives you confidence. Totally. And also like the pay isn't great. I mean, unless you're like landing like big campaigns, but it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not really glamorous at all. No, no. And it's like the ones that do pay well are the most unglamorous ones. You know what I mean? Like a target campaign is like a dream. Yeah. Old Navy was my dream. I was like, I'll do Old Navy all week. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, did you do Old Navy? Oh yeah. I did the best catering. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So you had this moment when you were in Justin Bieber's music video for Boyfriend in 2012. Can you just give us the background? Like, what was that like? What led up to that moment too? So, and you'll understand this from modeling. I always, uh, music videos pay even less than modeling jobs, right? So I remember my agents would always like, when I didn't have a job or something, they're like, oh, there's a music video. Why don't you go out for it? So back in the day, I was a little bit of a video hoe. Um, <laughs> Before Justin Bieber, I was in like a Jason Derulo video, and I think it ended up getting reshot. Like, I don't even know if you can find it out there. But I worked with uh, Director X, and Director X is who shot the girlfriend video. And he and I just got along really well. And once you have like a good working repertoire with someone, they tend to bring you on. Um, so they booked me for this video. They wouldn't tell anyone who the video was for. So you went out, it was a blind casting. I just remember showing up on set when they, after they told us who it was for, there were like six principals and they ended up like picking me to um, be the lead for it. And I think it, I honestly, I think it was me and this other like Latina girl. And I think at the time he was dating Selena Gomez and they wanted someone who like looked like Selena (laughs) Gomez. So ended up picking me, which was really funny because at the time she was 18 and I was 26. Oh my God. (laughs) And they had no idea. And I was just like, I'm not going to tell them. They already picked me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it was also uh, weirdly enough, like it was right when Instagram started. And I remember all the girls on set were like, oh, can't we like, this would be so great. And they took away all our phones. We couldn't take any photos. And then, um, you know, you're in a video like that. You're like, oh, maybe I'll get like a bunch of followers. I got like no followers. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone kind of thinks like Justin Bieber like got me on Instagram. I'm like, dude, I wish Justin Bieber got me on Instagram. Like the funniest thing is, is I actually got a bunch of followers like years later, like two years later, there was this weird rumor that um, I died. What? Uh, it was like, it went viral on Twitter. And like, apparently it was like me there was this hashtag like rest in peace, Rocky. And then I ended up getting like a ton of followers. Wait, <laughs> I thought I died. My mom literally texted me asking if I was okay. I'm like, obviously, okay. I'm not like texting you. It was bizarre. It was the most bizarre thing. That's but, so strange. What's it like to like wake up and see a rumor that you've died? I mean, that's really bizarre. Well, the first thing was I woke up and I had like and this was back when Instagram first started. So I woke up and I had like 2000 followers on top of like a thousand or maybe two. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. So like my following like doubled overnight. And I was like, the hell is going on? This is so weird. And then I remember going in and seeing all these people tagging me and then all the hashtags. And then I had to like Google it. And it was just bizarre. 
Oh it's God. really bizarre because if people were like asking, are you dead? Are you dead? And I'm like, well, I'm responding. So, so obviously <laughs> not. one of those weird things you're kind of, yeah. Yeah. And so wait, were you a Justin Bieber fan when you did the music video? Like, did you have to like calm down and like not be a fangirl or you were just like, oh, this is just like an 18 year old kid? You know, I was never like a fangirl ever. Like I didn't have like NSYNC or Backstreet Boy posters up on my wall. Like I wasn't really that girl, but like, it's hard to not be when you're on set for something like that. Like there's definitely this kind of like, wow factor. Like, I don't think I was, you know, like sweating and like nervous. You kind of have to play it cool. Like what am I supposed to do? Fangirl and I'm playing his girlfriend. Right. Just makes it awkward. So kind of have to play it cool in those situations. (laughs) Have you seen him since? No. (laughs) like DM me asking for his number. I'm like, dude, I don't have his number. That is a one-time deal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, before you're like preparing for a big shoot, do you have any specific beauty tips or things that you do to make sure that you're like looking your absolute best? Because some people, I mean, listening, they may not have blogs or like huge Instagram accounts, but we all have those moments where we know lots of pictures are going to be taken and we want to look our absolute best. So what's your prep for a moment like that? For like a big shoot or whatever, I think a lot of it is just feeling good. I think getting a lot, like, you know, a lot of water, making sure you get sleep. Sleep is everything. (laughs) Beauty sleep is such a real term. Like I get it whenever I can, but for also, you know, laying off alcohol. So you're not puffy, um, laying off high sodium foods. So you're not puffy. Um, cheese, dairy, gluten will all inflammate you. So like, just eating clean um, right before. It'll give you an energy boost. It'll also de-bloat. For skin, I I feel like my skin does whatever the heck it wants. It's like very hard to control. You have Um, great skin though. You caught me on a good day. I I have an amazing facialist in LA. If you ever want to go to her, the skin witch, Um, she does work miracles. I feel like I never used to get facials and I get them now and they make such a huge difference. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of facials does the skin witch do? (laughs) she's amazing. She's like a mix of like holistic and also like medicinal stuff. So, you know, she's going to give you the microderm, but then she does like amazing gua sha and she does like the cranial. It makes me pass out. Like I'm a little baby. The second she does the cranial head massage. Yeah. 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 She does like, uh, the facial sculpting. She does like crystal work. And then she also does amazing extraction. She's super gentle, does the the oxygen, does um, all the light therapy, but she just puts so much love into every like facial that I get from her. And I also talk to her about like issues that I'm having. Like I was having ish, like little white bumps along my cheek and down here. And she's like, that's from your large intestine. You need to clean that out. You're eating too much dairy, blah, 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 blah. So she'll give you like these internal holistic tips that help on the outside too, which I think is great. She wants you to really heal from the inside out, which I appreciate. I love that. It's so funny. Every time I talk to someone from LA about beauty treatments, crystals come up <laughs> inevitably. <laughs> and in New York, like I've, I've gotten many facials. Crystals have never been on the menu, but I love it. It's like a very like LA spiritual vibe. I think it's very cool. I don't know if I'm like into the whole crystal thing, but I'm not going to not do it. Like can't hurt, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah, definitely can't hurt. I love it. So I have this perception and maybe it's a false perception that like everyone in LA has like work done. Like they've all like done a little something, something to their face. Do you find that to be true? Or is that just me as a New Yorker being judgmental or not? It's not. And also, no, I don't have judgment. If you want to do stuff to your face, great. But is it true that like everyone in LA, like amongst your friend circle, do people just all kind of get a little something done? 
I think in like TV and modeling and, and movies and like that industry, I think there's definitely a lot of nip and tuck here and there. And um, I have gotten Botox, which obviously I need to re-get, but bangs are kind of like the new Botox for me. When I <laughs> couldn't get Botox when I was pregnant, I was like, these bangs are working out great. <laughs> I yeah. know I can see a thing. There's definitely a lot happening in LA, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of everywhere at this point. I think Instagram has kind of jaded everyone to like what is real or not. Like, I feel like I can pick out girls who get stuff done. Like it's super obvious. And my husband would have no idea. Oh, the husbands know nothing. Like I, nothing. I, can, I can remember like to this day, like I remember I had a conversation with Umut, my husband about Beyonce's hair. And he was like, that's not her hair. And I was like, <laughs> Sweetheart, like you've literally never seen her hair. Like it's just, he's like, but it like blows. And like, he, men just don't know. They don't know anything. They don't know. They just don't know. God bless them. Yeah. So the only thing I've done, I've done, and I haven't, and again, same boat as you, like pregnancy, now baby, breastfeeding, like you just can't do stuff. But I've done um, Restylane under my eyes to like fill the hollows. It's been a long time since I've done it. And I definitely saw a difference. No one who I knew saw any difference. They were like, you look exactly the same, but I saw a difference. But my thing with like getting work done is I feel like it's a slippery slope. Like you do one thing and then you feel like I should, I'll just do this and then I'll do this. And then you start looking very different from yourself. The trend in LA is kind of getting like the lips done, I think, especially for like a lot of the younger girls. And like, I feel like I'm guilty. I look at them and I'm like, oh, they look great. And then I like look a little more. You have really full lips. It's the Filipino. I get that from <laughs> They were great when I was pregnant. I was like, oh, well, maybe I want to get my lips done after a pregnancy because they were so full and amazing. And definitely they're on the fuller side, but you know, in LA, they're all over the place. So that's the kind of thing that I think is a little more obvious now. And my friend actually said something the other day. He was like, I know this girl and she got work done. And she was like, she, she was like a seven, and this is a guy talking, so keep yeah. this in mind. She was like, you know, she was like 37 and like, a seven out of 10. And then she got work done, but she, she was 42, but like an eight. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. I, I understand exactly what he means though. Right. <laughs> I'm like, she definitely looks better, but she looks like an older better. And I was like, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that one. Wow. That that's perfect. Um, right. I was like, this is so true. <laughs> The other thing, it's so interesting, like there's this whole industry around mommy makeover. So you're a new mom like me and you seem to be, and this is just me looking from the outside, one of those moms that just like amazingly like snapped back, like you're back in your bikini, six pack on point. Like that is not my journey, but I like love that for you. Were you worried about how your body would adapt to pregnancy? Did you have any anxiety about that? Oh yeah, for sure. I think, um, especially coming from the modeling world and having your image be everything. I, I was always, I always wanted to be a mom, but it's definitely something in the back of your head. You're like, how is my body going to respond? How am I going to look? Da, 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 da. And to be honest, I know my Instagram looks amazing and stuff, but my son is almost 15 months now. And I am just now back in my pre-pregnancy genes. 15 wow. months later. Okay. So, that makes me feel so much better, Rocky, just hearing you say that. <laughs> I'm I'm seven months and I cannot fit into any of my clothes pre-pregnancy. Oh, no, girl. I was not even close to my pre-pregnancy genes at seven months. I literally had cankles for three months after giving birth. Like the so swollen real. water retention. Like I know my angles. I know how to dress myself. I think everyone else kind of thinks you look great. But like as a new mom, I think... 
the whole mommy makeover thing, it's so much more for yourself than anyone. I think just like making sure you feel good and confident is like, it's whatever you need to do. And as a mom who like went through a horrible delivery, like I, I, my son was in the NICU for... Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. He was in the NICU. He was, he's, he's a perfect angel. Yeah. So it, it was, it all worked out. But, um, you know, I had third degree tears. I was in a wheelchair for a week. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I could, I think after a month, I had like a max walking distance of like four blocks. Wow. So it was really tough. And like, like I said, I had cankles for three months. My stomach definitely went back, but like my stomach was always the skinniest part of my body. That's like, that was never an issue for me. And I think whatever your body issues are pre-pregnancy, it's like, you can't expect them not to be there after. I think your body is going to fluctuate in the same way it always has. Like my ass got huge. (laughs) My husband loved it. I didn't because I couldn't fit into any of my pants. Um, But yeah, just like feeling, I think it took like, your hips, like feeling like my hips go back together. It took almost like, I would say my hips finally went back after like nine months. Really? Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like, it's like they fit over your legs, but like literally your hips are so wide because they haven't moved back that they like can't go up over your hips. Exactly. <laughs> that's where I was with a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's where I am now. But I always just like remind myself like, okay, like you gave birth, like you brought this life into the world. So any you have to be gentle on yourself. And, you know, I think it was a lot easier for me because I gave birth in end of January and COVID hit in March. So like I was two months postpartum and then we went into lockdown and like no one wanted to see anything but sweatpants for like months after that. So like, I have to admit, I did have really good timing in terms of my postpartum. I like, everyone's like, just wear sweats and pajamas. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then I I emerged from COVID and everyone's like, you bounced back so quick. I'm like, I think everyone forgot about those six months where I just wore sweatpants at home because that's when I lost the baby weight. And now like over a year later, yeah, I, I'm back to normal, but my baby's 15 months. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's like forgetting about that in between periods. So be gentle on yourself. Okay. Thank you for that advice. I read that you have a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> oh, that's my party trick these days. <laughs> really? Yeah, I grew up doing martial arts. My brother actually started and I like would have to go and sit and watch his classes and then got really jealous and wanted to do it myself. And so we both started. I started at like nine and practiced till I was like out of till I graduated high school. So my great grandfather was an Eskrima master on the Filipino side and my grandpa was a boxer for the army. So kind of martial arts was kind of in the blood and it was wow. really fun. I really liked it. It was a very um, great way to like discipline myself as a child. And when I was in high school, I I really got into yoga at like 14. And then I also did dance and cheer in high school. And they kind of like have the same muscle memory, all of them. They, they translate into each other really well and kind of seamlessly flow into one another. So I've kind of always been in that in that realm. I'm a big yogi. Like if I'm going to do something now, it's yoga, but um, back in the day. So can you like beat someone up if they try you? I could, I could, uh, my girlfriends would always want me to walk them home in college. Um, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a small girl, so I don't know if I could take a guy, but I would feel confident enough to like, you know, kick him in the balls and run away. <laughs> I love that. So, but now you're like a yoga girl. So I feel like I don't have the attention span to do yoga. I love Pilates. I love Pilates too. Because I just like need something to focus on. And I find that in yoga, I'm 
I just don't have the flexibility. I think that's a big part of it too. And I really struggle with like quieting the mind. Like what does yoga do for you? Yoga for me was um, like very therapeutic forever. But I think a lot of it too is like for yoga, it's not as quiet as you think. I think when you're holding those positions and a lot of people are like, oh my God, I think I, what am I supposed to do? I'm just holding these positions. When I'm doing that, I'm doing constant adjustments to my body. So you feel like you're there for a long time, but if you're constantly doing adjustments, like make sure your hips turning in, your stomach's in from your rib cage is sucking in, that your pelvis is taut. Like once you go through the process of going into a movement and then adjusting all those little minor tweaks to give you the perfect positioning, you're kind of on to the next one and then take a couple of breaths, you're on to the next one. So I think if you like really dive into it and really start to like appreciate the small little tweaks that your body does for yoga, you'll find that it passes much quicker than if you're just like staring at a dot in front of you and trying to like rest your mind. There's like so much more depth you can get into each movement if you really like take the time to do it. And it can be very therapeutic and meditative in the way that you do it, knowing all those little tiny tweaks. It's the same in Pilates. Pilates, you do a lot of the same stuff too, but you're constantly moving in Pilates. Yes. But you know how you're slight, always adjusting your movements yeah. and always, yeah, it's the same way in yoga, just in a slightly different way and less of a burnout, less of like a constant burnout. Yeah. I need to, to give it another shot. You need a good teacher. Good teacher is everything for yoga, especially when you're like trying to, to hook yourself into it. That's so true. So do you still do yoga now? Because I feel like I feel like I have like two versions of my life now. I have like my life before I became a mom and my life now. Are you still able to like work out like you used to? Um, no, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just got the mirror for our living room, oh, our that's... bedroom actually. And um, my husband and I love it. And the yoga instructors on there are actually really, really good. I, I'm very picky when it comes to teachers. Um, really? Yeah. Well, I've been doing yoga for like 20 years and I've had some really amazing teachers and I'm very particular, but a lot of the people on there, like one was a professional ballerina and, you know, they have like really strong backgrounds and which I think really helps. That definitely helps. What does a bad yoga teacher do? Like if you're like in a class and they like start doing these things, you're like, okay, you know what? This is not the teacher for me. Okay. A bad yoga class is a teacher who just moved to LA, just got her yoga certification is pretty much like throwing in all of these flows and vinyasas to kind of like puff her chest and prove that she just got her yoga thing. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like this chaotic series of peacock movements, as opposed to like really informed, thoughtful flows. That's my like least favorite thing is when someone's like, and go, and go, and go. And I'm like, we're working all parts of our body. Like I want a whole class to just open my hips. Like that's what a real teacher will like do all of these things to focus on opening up one hip. And and at the end of the class, you're like, whoa, Uh, you know, it's a eureka moment because you feel it all in that one spot, but it takes all of this progression to get there. And then a yoga, another yoga teacher, it just is like, it feels like it's a aerobics class. Right. Too chaotic. That- you can tell how long someone's been practicing. Also the way that they like encourage you and their voice is really important for me. 
Oh, interesting. So a lot, a lot goes into this. You, you are very picky. So when I go to LA, I'm going to have to get like a yoga class recommendation. For we'll me. have to figure out what's still open in LA. True, true. <laughs> we have to talk about skincare before we finish because you have gorgeous skin. And I just want to hear about like your favorite beauty products. So what are like your top three favorite beauty products? I get, I'm sure just like you, you get so many coming through all the time. I'm a huge face oil person. I love face oils. Oh my God. Now I'm so excited for your answer. (laughs) Well, my skin is extremely dry. Like I thrive in Miami. I need the humidity. So face oils are always for me. I literally just finished the Sonia Dakar um, face oil, which is like super light as well. I love that one. Biosance is really, really nice as well. I've been using um, Mara oil. Have you used that one? It's like the algae. Oh no. They have really nice, it's like a universal skin oil. Okay. I haven't tried that one. Oh my God. There's so many that I love, but I, I always try and do the vitamin C face oil in the morning. And then I have to be really careful with retinol. It irritates my skin and I'm in the sun so much. So I have to be like really careful with that. But I do try and use that like on on as much as I can. Although I just read something that unless you use it eight weeks in a row, it's not even like effective. Like it takes eight weeks for the retinol to like... Oh, oh yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm consistent enough for it to even be working, but... Since since Um, you're always in the sun, what's your sunscreen of choice? I always use like a makeup. I use like a tinted moisturizer with sunscreen like day to day, but... When I'm in the sun, honestly, I'm like a hat person. I like cover Jones and baby bum, like the sun bum stuff. And then I literally just wear a hat. But the Band de Soleil was always really good. The Sushido has like a really good thick stick. Like if you want to like really get high... um, SPF. Like high SPF levels. Yeah. And it's good for scars too. Like if you have like scars or like scratches on your body, it's like almost like a zinc stick, which is great. And it's tinted as well. So like if I have, you know, even like bug bites or like anything, cause I feel like then the sun like affects them in a weird way and you'll get like dark spots when you're pigmented. So that's always like a plus for me, but great. Sunscreen's hard because it's like, you can, it's, there's so much stuff in them and it's like the good stuff is the mineral stuff, but then it turns you white, which turns us purple. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to look purple. The struggle is real. I know, it's hard. Let me know what your favorites are. I, I really like Super Goop, but I use their chemical. I use the unseen sunscreen because I feel like that. Okay, yeah. I have Super Goop stuff as well. I The face mist one. Yeah, that's good for like over makeup, I think. Yeah. It's like an extra step. What about makeup products you love? Like what are your like go-to makeup brands? So I like wear the same makeup every day. The The thing I kind of go crazy with is like lip colors. Okay. That was always the issue with me for modeling too. It's that if I wear too much makeup or too much eye stuff, like I have definitely have like a hooded lid. So like I wear like a waterproof cat eye every day because if I do any sort of shadow or non-waterproof, it just, it just bleeds all over my face. Uh, NARS has honestly the best colors for my skin tone. I really love their stuff. I'm not as picky with like my eyeliners and mascara and stuff. I, I, I think right now I'm using a Tom Ford mascara. That's really nice. Fancy. Yeah. Their mascara is always really nice, but sometimes I get some other ones. I don't know. I'm really particular about the, um, the wands. 
Because mm. I have like tiny little lashes. So sometimes when they're too big, it's like I can't really get in there. But lip stuff is like where I really go crazy. That's like my favorite. I, I'm obsessed with the Tom Ford lip blush. Have you used it before? Ooh, no, I haven't. Wait, it's called lip blush? Yeah. So it's like, it's. I'm obsessed with all the like mood chapstick things. I wear it every day. I'm wearing it now. It gives you like, it's great when you have like darker skin because it kind of comes off as like a bright pink, but like on our skin tone, it looks really natural. Yeah. And it's like the number one thing I get questions on, on Instagram all the time. Like, what's your lip color? What's your lip color? I'm like, it's the Tom Ford lip blush. It's what color? It's, it's just one color. Oh, like it looks clear. And then it, it adds layers of like pink tint throughout the day. Interesting. I have to try this. It's my favorite. It's ridiculously expensive and it sells out. It's like $52 for a lip balm, but I'm like obsessed with it and I can't live without it. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. Like when we find something that we love, we will pay whatever we can afford to have it. Yeah. I buy it in bulk because it literally runs out and I don't know what would happen. I'm like terrified for the day they discontinue it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because you know, they discontinue all the good stuff always. I have to try it. Okay. It's it's amazing. I, I think you'll love it. I I can't wait. I need to know what we're wearing this spring because you are the fashion queen. I love your style and you've always got like amazing looks. So like, so also I'm like on TikTok all the time. I'm like watching Gen Z. I'm watching them put together these phenomenal outfits. Like they have amazing sense of style. And I'm like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be wearing anymore. I know, I know we're not wearing skinny jeans anymore, but like, what are the looks for this spring, summer? Well, if you're not going to wear skinny jeans, let's start to explore the wide leg or the split hem. I love a split hem. It feels very fresh. On the side or in the front? I prefer it on the inside because I think on the outside, it kind of gives you like an elongated leg still. I think the front split I don't know. It depends on how leggy you are. Like I'm very proportional. So I always want like a longer leg. I think the front split gives you more of like a skinny jean vibe. Cause it, you know what I mean? It doesn't give you that kind of boot cut yeah. thing. So you could go either way. It's whatever works for your body type, but I'm kind of in the split cut. I, I literally wore it in high school, which is crazy. Yes. But... <laughs> I remember cutting the side of my like Abercrombie yeah. jeans, which is like so cringe, but okay, it's back. I know, but it, it kind of felt good. Like I wore it a couple of times and I'm like, I kind of like this. Is that weird? Definitely that. I actually just got a really cute pair from Zara. Amazing. And I got like a legging from an Bing that are really cute. It's like a legging split hem, which I'm obsessed with. And then, you know, I'm a dress girl. First and foremost, dresses for me are the jam. I love all the ruching that's going on. Um, Same. Like the side ruche. Yeah. And like um, also all the, just like an overall ruche. Like not, yeah. what's it, what do you call it? It's um, ruching, right? It's like yeah. ruching. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the dress like expands when you put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they're everywhere right now. Um, I just saw the cutest one from Sandy Lane. It's really cute. It's like a high neck ruche with like a big kind of like gingham skirt underneath. It's really cute. She makes great stuff. Anything like the Hamza Z suits, all the like, you know, the super stretchy ones, like any of those are super cute. I always love a puff sleeve. I'm still not over it. I love it. What's your biggest beauty mistake you've ever made? Uh, I wish someone had taken my tweezers away from me in high school. That was that I'm still I'm still suffering from that. <laughs> yeah. We hear that a lot. That's like a very common issue because it sticks with you it's something you can't get rid of i know but i think like 
we've had like bad enough experiences. I've, I've never had eyebrows ever. So now I have microblading because I just, I never had eyebrows to even tweeze. But I hear that a lot that people like over tweezed in high school and it like ruins their eyebrows for a long time. Yeah. I definitely like bleached my hair in college as well. And, and cause I have Asian hair, it like came out orange, which <laughs> there's no photos of that. <laughs> oh my God. But your hair color is beautiful. Now you have such good highlights. Thank you. I go to Bianca in LA, Bianca color at Amazon. I've been going to her for like seven years. She's the best. She's the best for dark hair balayage highlights. She's my go-to. I'm all about being loyal to your colorist too. I think that's the number one mistake people make is bopping around. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice of you to share your colorist because a lot of people are very protective over their hair people because they're like, you can't be booked up. Like, Oh, she always makes room for me. She always makes room for me. Good, so good, happy good. to share. <laughs> or God forbid they move. Like when people's hairstylists move, they're they like... literally will kill her if she doesn't yeah. get me. <laughs> Don't, don't ever move or not have an appointment for me when I need you. Okay. Final question, Rocky. When do you feel most beautiful? Oh, when do I feel the most beautiful? Probably after a good facial and a good night's sleep. I love that. <laughs> and, a, and maybe a little bit of post-vacation when you get a little like tan. Yeah. I think those are always the best. Yeah. I think as a mom, I've, I have been like brand new appreciation for sleep that I just never had before. Yes, it is your best friends for sure. Oh, I used to be like, I don't need to sleep. Well, this party, do this, this, this. And I'm like, I have to just go to sleep. percent. <laughs> 100%. Well, thank you so much, Rocky. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I will link to your fabulous company, your blog, and of course your fabulous Instagram so everyone can go and, and follow you and keep up with all the great stuff you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun chatting with you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 